No slushy. No slushy. When I get on the. Sit picking cards, I'm so nimble. Should have picked an on boy or this rare temple. I know you really want to see that blue white trawler. Drop it, start laughing, make him holler. Drop it. The first thing is you see, I want to be humongous. Slamming cards with keeps like the Biscafagus. Come with us and you'll find, check your minds, and make the competition go mental with the fines. Welcome to Magic Arena Drafting Club. I'm Jeff. With me, as always, is Sean. How you doing? I am doing good. Thank you. How you doing? I'm in a weird mood. Why? I just finished doing some Jackbox games with another family online. Okay. Uh, have you heard of these things? No. It's like you play game show games with other people, and it's all online, so you can do it during this quarantine. Okay. And uh, I had three drinks during it, so that's why I feel weird. Oh, boy. Yep. I didn't tell you that before we started recording. No. This this could be good. You know what else I didn't tell you? No. I didn't tell you during the Sean's review podcast that I was actually going to go with that format. You really thought we were just going to go over old cards. You didn't know I was going to bring in that whole no. peer review angle. I didn't. I had no idea. I thought you played it well. Well, thank you. Thanks. I, I liked it, especially when you like would jab me back in the nose with your little punches back at me. Yeah. I've listened to that thing three times now, and I laugh my rear boy end off every time I listen to it. Nice. I, yeah, I, I think it's pretty funny, too, going back and listening to it. I, I hope, I, I, I can only hope other people thought it was funny. So... I'm also starting to notice that my Minnesotan accent is coming through when okay. I go back and listen to these things. <laughs> it's kind of do funny you, how do, that happens you, when you start to listen to yourself. You start to hear it a little bit here and there? Yeah, for sure. You've lost it. I mean, you came from Florida anyway before you came to Minnesota, but you never really had it too much. I've, I lived in Michigan, then Minnesota, and I got it pretty hard. And now that I'm listening to our podcast, I'm like, wow, that... He sounds like he's from the Midwest, that guy. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, boy, yeah. Oh, oh gosh. What do you do but lean into it, right? Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to do? Nothing. We're just going to be ourselves, right? That was the whole plan I, all along. I can't imagine doing anything else. I really can't. So speaking of that, being ourselves, I want to create a new segment. Okay. I want to call it safety meeting. Oh, wait. Before you do talk about this yeah you never yeah. Got, let me get a shout out last last time during my review one of the things you said you we want to get two? Was... can we just give it to you at the end of this one sure i just yeah, wanted to remind that's because you because we we had two special episodes we had and i'll get to the other special one soon but you know the whole pot the whole sean's review was basically a comedy skit we've never tried that before i'm super right. proud of it that's going to be something that i listen to for years and by the way i apologize to anybody who's lost their job during these times and then turned that on and then felt uncomfortable because of the tone of the episode. I realized that after listening to it, that that could have negatively affected some people. And I'm truly sorry about that. Um, all I can say, I guess, is uh, I, I laugh so hard during it, Sean. That's, that's the humor that me and you like, that slow burn, uncomfortable humor. And I, I'm really proud of the episode and I'm going to listen to that on days that I want to laugh. Yeah, I think I, I, I think you will. I think you're you'll pull it up and you'll giggle. <laughs> I think that's what you'll do. And if somebody else got a laugh out of it, then that's that's even double bonus. So safety meeting, new segment. This is where okay. uh, we just be ourselves, right? Because that was the whole point of me and you doing this. Is we already knew that. There were other people doing podcasts who were better at magic than us and better at limited magic than us and better. Yeah. Just we already knew that space was taken. We had to bring something new. And, you know, I think our thought the whole time was, well, we're good friends and we talk to each other about, you know, our real life situation. So let's try to bring that in a little bit. Yeah. 
and let people in. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how I'm feeling with quarantine. Okay. And uh, you always seem to have words of wisdom. You're that you've always seemed to be that guy for me who can put things into perspective. These aren't necessarily yeah, not, good or not bad to things. Put me just on the some. Spot. Well, yeah, I'm putting you right on the spot. You better come yeah. down with some serious knowledge here, or you can just listen. I just had some thoughts I want to get off my chest, and I would have told you this anyway over a phone call, but I may as well tell you now because it's the first time we've talked in a couple days okay. on an actual call. Okay. So one thought I'm having just from big picture is I really do feel like everything's being shook right now in a way that, you know, I'm 40-some years old, and it's a, in a way more strong than anything I've ever felt in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's strange times, right? And when you look back at history, it's during strange times that things change. And if you think of like, like ivy on a house and it grows over time and creates this interconnected web, but then when the foundation shakes every once in a while, some of those roots break. And it's, I think it's really important that everybody right now realizes that everybody's actions are amplified and we're all creating a new world in a strange way. It's like the world got shook apart like an Etch-A-Sketch. Everything was firm for a moment and this whole thing just shook everything loose. And I think whatever we do right now is gonna be amplified like ripples going forward where we're kind of all creating a new world and everybody should take you know pride in that, responsibility in that, almost like you're a superhero, like you get to really affect things right now. But it's, it is a responsibility thing too. You know, uh, yeah, that's, that's, those were my thoughts. Those were one of my thoughts. One of the many? One of two. Okay. Do you want to share the other one first or do you want to have my... I'll share the other one first. Okay. The other one is more of a personal thing I'm trying to deal with. And it's just that I have family members on both sides. I'm having a hard time communicating with right now because we watch very different types of or not even watch we just take in different types of news I suppose you know sometimes I feel like a lot of my relatives have joined a cult called Fox News to be honest with you and it I don't know I I feel like every time I try to push back on them it just makes things worse and I, I think of you during times like that where I'm struggling with that because I know I think you're the type of person who would tell me that everybody has the right to who they are and you got to let everybody be who they are and love them for who they are. Yeah. And because I'm finding I'm in a judgmental place lately. Well, sure. That's, uh, what's, that's, what's, with, that's exactly what stress does. Yeah, yeah, that's what stress does, right? Burdens all those places. Um, oh, okay. So let's start with that. Let's start with the judgment part. And um, I think... I'll just tell you something that my dad told me that was insightful because we didn't always see eye to eye when it came to certain things. But what he told me was that unless you can understand where somebody starts from and when what he meant by that was kind of kind of what what makes your core up, you know, how you came to be, not just the nature but the nurture, right? So not only what what you were given as gifts from whatever power made you, but also from the environment that grew you. And so if, unless you can put yourself in that person's perspective in that exact way, then there's no way for you to have a, a real conversation about what it is that they truly desire, want, or need. If you're talking real about it. Right. And so it's really difficult to have any sort of conversation with somebody who's just coming from such a completely different place. But the reality to me is that I think if you were to strip it down, it's you probably want the same things. It's just that you have a different way of going about getting them. And where we get caught up is these places where people or media or other, it's not always the media, but they want to edge us against each other and just say, well, it's only this way or that way. There's no middle ground here, right? And there's a myriad of topics that we could go into in which that exists, in which I say that's malarkey. There is no, there is all kinds of matter in between, and that's what we should be talking about. <clears throat> which leads me to this whole thing that's happening right now. As far as that's concerned, 
for me, you're right. It does feel like that. Um, I don't think that we've lived through something quite as drastic. I, I think there's a few things that you would put out there that were massive and that would moved you in a, in a way, one way or another. You know, 9-11 comes to mind and some other massive, you know, Columbine and other massive things along those lines. Um, even going back to like Rodney King, things like that. Um, but this is a bit, bit different. It's kind of on a global scale. It's, it's also kind of an, 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 an antithesis of what the current thought process is in our, in our top end of our government. And I'm not just talking about the Republicans. I'm talking about on both sides. So this whole thing about the reality of having to come together and what that looks like and this loss of race and um, sex and um, age and size and all of those things become irrelevant when it's just purely need. Um, And you see that a lot in religion too, but it just, when everybody has... Not everybody, but when most people have, they don't have to worry about the other stuff. No, but but uh, right now, I think a lot more people have to worry about the other stuff. So, um, I, I I kind of look at it as a time for the biggest time for growth. This is the one time that we all have to make a move in a direction that could actually make really big change and and i'm not even going to tell you which direction that is but it's for the betterment of us all not just me or you so and i think that that most people see that right now too so i'm i'm a bit optimistic even though this seems like a frightening or scary stressful time amen i don't know what else to say i'm not religious but sounds right all right, Sean. That was beautiful. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, what did you think about having Death Sea on last week? Holy buckets! So, um, you know, you're 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 the super fan and like the the person that goes out and makes all this stuff happen. So for me, I'm just kind of like riding the coattails. But to get to talk to these people and just for me, I just I I get off on the fact that people are just people that they're. They're this actual person that exists and that they have all these other needs and desires. And the one thing that got me the most was when I was like, hey, I just wish that you become the very best magic, you know, biggest possible magic. And he was like, well, yeah, but that and much more, too. Right. And I was like, yeah, right. And much more. It's not just about that. But the fact that we get to interact because of it is is uh, is awesome. And I think I think it was pretty epic. Yeah, I agree. I don't know where to go from here. He's literally the guy I wanted from Jump Street because when I got back into Magic, I immediately found Twitch and fell in love with a couple streamers. And pretty quickly, I'm like, well, this is the limited guy. I mean, Caleb MTG is great too, but uh, Deathsea just does it full time. And when you do something like that full time, you just become a master at it. He's so good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, how about this week's topic? Yeah, and I'll throw a, I'll throw an arrow for you. I'll throw a... a bullseye for you to shoot at out there like i already mentioned it a few times but don't do it yeah sean. come on god damn it sean why not why not because why would they why wouldn't they that's why why not they have nothing to lose who cares all right moving on here we go here we go moving on okay uh sean i asked you to not look at any of the spoilers Correct. have you followed that rule have you done it i have not looked at anything right so i figure if i can explain them to you then I'm doing our audience a service. So I'm not even showing you the cards. I think this right? is just, I think this is more about me just being very average. And so you want to see what the, like, you want to get as close to, like, the, that kind of that face with the tongue stuck out and the eye sideways a little bit. That, you want that guy. You, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. All right. Well, how about we start with mechanics, Sean? Okay. Um, God, I feel like st- being like, do you have any guesses or any of this stuff? But we have so much to get to. I think I just have to plow through this. Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. I'm, I've literally right. listened and done nothing purposely. I believe there's three mechanics. Okay. Cycling is back. Okay. That's the one mechanic you're going to recognize. I, cycling I got is it. back. Sean, will you please explain, explain cycling to everybody? Well, it used to be for a specific mana cost. You could discard the card and draw a card. 
pay its cycling Excuse cost, me. discard it, and then draw a card. That's what it still is. Okay. That's what it still is, and it's back, and it's a, uh, it's somebody that, uh, it's something that limited players love because it smooths out hands. It allows you to like keep two planes even though you don't have your forest because you know you have a couple draws plus you have a cycling card in your hand to try to find the forest so what you're going to find cycling does is it really makes uh it makes questionable hands or even questionable decks more playable because you're just going to smooth things out you're going to find your mana you know you're going to get rid of that uh cheap card when you already have a bunch of mana and hopefully you find something better so cycling's back baby this is a card that, um, or a mechanic that helps people like me who get very frustrated with getting flooded or getting shorted. <laughs> well, that means you have to pick the cycling cards, though, Sean. Well, that's, you know, maybe I will become a fan. All right. Here. Oh, by the way, there's a counter spell that has cycling. It's uh, blue, blue, uh, colorless. It's a counter target spell, and it has cycling, too. It sounds amazing to me. You can just hold it up and be like, oh, if I don't counter your spell, just cycling or something new. I remember lands right. having cycling being powerful. I'm not sure if lands have cycling in this one or not. We might get to some of that when I go over some of the actual cards. All right. The next two mechanics are brand new, and they're pretty nutty wacko. So I'll see if I can do a good job of explaining this through audio form. All right. The first one is called Companion. Okay. These, I believe, are all like rare and mythic cards, and I want to say there might be 10 of them. I might be wrong there, but I'm just telling you there's like a limited set of these cards, right? They're, they're like these special cards. And they all have a deck building cost. So, for example, one of them will say every card in your deck has to have an even CMC. Or another one will say every card in your deck other than lands have to have a different name. So you with me there? Okay. If you follow that requirement, you can start with this card in your sideboard and cast it at any time. Once you cast it, it's in the game. If it gets counterspelled, it goes to your graveyard. If it gets killed, it goes to your graveyard. It doesn't, for those of you who follow Commander, this sounds a lot like Commander. It is a lot like Commander, but there is no going back to the command zone or anything. It's just in play once you cast it. Okay. And then so, it, does it go to your graveyard when it dies? Yeah. Okay. It's just in once you cast it, it's in play. And these are all like powerful cards, right? Okay. I'll get to some of them later, but these are all like, I, I my gut is telling me these are going to be some fun build arounds for limited, but these are probably more like constructed type cards. Okay. So if I get this right, the card is meant to be built around, but it's also meant to be left in the sideboard. That's correct. Okay. Because if you put it in your sideboard, uh, you know you can just automatically cast it. So actually, you know, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants here. On the last uh, Limited Resources episode, uh, LSV talked about why this is so powerful. He's like, I might even play a deck with like 19 or 20 lands if I have this companion in my sideboard and it's a bomb and I know that I can just cast it on turn five if I hit all five of my land drops. So if you get this companion that's a bomb and it's a five drop and you build your deck in a way where you're allowed to play it from your sideboard whenever you want... He was saying, sure, throw a couple more lands in there because if you can tell me that I'm guaranteed to play a bomb on turn five, I'll I'll do that. So does the does it mean I can play it at, at instant speed? No. It's just a creature. Okay. You want me, here, I'll read you one. Why don't, why don't we go over one here, Sean? Okay. We're not gonna have time to go. Oh, you know what? What? I'm not going to ready. I'm not going to yet, because on my phone I pulled up all the commons and uncommons because okay. we're a limited podcast. That's what we talk about. But right, at the right. end here, I might get to one of those, or maybe in a future pod. But anyway, so that's, those are a new set okay. of cards. I think they're going to be Got really it. fun build-arounds. Got it. I'm g I think they're going to be a sucker's game at first, and people are going to be like, I want to do this because it's fun, and it's just there's going to be too high of a deck-building cost. Like, not playing even cards in your deck, for example, I think that's going to be pretty huge. Well, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. That's, I got right. two predictions on that. One is that I think right away you'll see a lot of it, people trying to figure it out. It'll take a while. But it'll be that thing that instead of the instead of the set getting a little stale as you get midway and halfway through or a little bit past midway through, you'll start to understand how those cards work maybe a bit a little bit better and so make the make it a little bit more interesting. That's my prediction. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that I would say on a complicated level, that's maybe a 
I don't know, four out of 10, but we're about to up the level way up here. Cause I, I think this is the set where they're like, all right, let's get a little complex. Let's play to the complex players. I think this is going to be like War of the Spark. It's, you know, it seems like every spring they come out with a more complex set. First it was Dominaria, then it was War of the Spark. Now here we go with Ikoria. This next mechanic is wild. It's called Mutate. So what you got is you have creatures that you can cast and they're a creature, right? And they have an ability and whatever. Okay. But some of these creatures also have a Mutate uh, version of them. You, God, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time explaining this, right? Because it's so weird. When you cast this thing, for its mutate cost, you're casting it on a creature that's already in play. Okay, so it's more of an enchantment, an aura. Exactly. Okay. If for some reason your opponent tries to two-for-one you and kill your creature for, out from under you, and the aura doesn't work, this thing will come into play as the creature it was going to be. Okay. That's pretty cool. Okay. I like th I like that part of this a lot, and I think that's something very important for people to keep in mind. Because sometimes this mutate thing I'm going to tell you about doesn't seem that powerful, but the fact that even if it fails and you get blown out underneath it, you still get your creature seems like a really low downside. Sorry, I was cutting you off there. No, it's okay. So you have to play it as an aura. Uh, if, well, here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> when you cast it, for its mutate cost, you're casting it on a creature that's already in play. You decide if this new card will be the top card or the bottom card of that stack. When it's all said and done, whichever creature is on the very top of the stack, that's the power and toughness. Then you take the ability of that creature and every card underneath it, and it has all of those abilities. Oh boy. Okay, so let me let me give you a really simple real simple idea here, all right? Yeah. Let's say I have a 2-2 bear in play. Right. Just a bear. Yep. It's its name is Teddy Bear. Mm -hmm. And it's a one green, one colorless. Okay. And what's the flavor text, Sean, on Teddy Bear? I like to eat alfalfa <laughs> and blueberries in the forest. <laughs> okay. So you got a 2-2 bear in play, right? Oh, I, we should give this thing an ability, actually. It's going to come into play. Let's say this thing has vigilance, okay? Okay. Teddy bear has vigilance. Now it's the next turn. You have a creature in your hand, and let's say it has a casting cost of, like, f four or five, whatever. But it also has a mutate cost of three. And let's say this thing is a 3-3, three, three, but it has the ability flying. Okay. Okay. So now I can choose to keep it on top and then it'll be a 3-3 three, three flyer with vigilance yes or, or you can put it on the bottom on the bottom it would be a 2-2 two, two flyer with vigilance bing bong you said it. all right you, you got it i got it but so the card that you're placing has to have that ability not the one that's down correct okay. the one that you're playing out of your hand has to have a mutate option on it and is the mutate option oftentimes less than the card itself i don't know i haven't gotten there Okay. We'll, we'll see as we go. My guess is yes. So, there's more. Okay. Okay. A lot of these creatures, whether they have mutate abilities on them or not, say when this creature mutates, Oh no. blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. Yes. There's a lot of that. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, I heard this is another podcast that clarified something disorganized wizards club i was listening to apparently it doesn't matter let's say you cast a card that says when this creature mutates mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you put it on the top or the bottom it doesn't matter what order they end right, up in it's, it's still going to happen because they all have the abilities right it's mutating and it right. and it takes all, on that ability it takes on every ability of every card on that aura stack Okay, now, the, now, the only okay. thing that really matters about the stack is that the one on top determines the power and toughness. It also determines the name of the card and the casting cost of the card. So now let me ask you this. No. Yes. I'm done talking about this. No. Can, does, it, does it mutate twice then if it has two mutations? Oh, wait, what? So if I have a card in play that already has a mutation on it and I play yeah. a mutation on it, mm -hmm. does it double mutate? It has mutated twice at that point, but no, when you cast the second one, it's not mutating twice. It's just mutating once more okay. to a total of two. All right, so there's no mutilitation. <laughs> there's no Mutani. 
Mutani's okay. not in the set, at least not yet. Okay. Okay. You got it? I'm good. I'm there. I'm with you on all that. That sounds fantastically fun and difficult and lots of different board states that will change rapidly. I think this sounds insanely difficult. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying this sounds like a skill-intensive set to me. Yeah. And, uh, instant removal is going to be even more... Oh, I got something to tell you about. There's a good one. Okay. Okay. Speaking of the good one... Well, here. I'll just see if I can find the good one. I think I have it memorized, actually. Oh, boy. Okay, there's another uh, keyword that's been added to Magic the Gathering. Okay. Keyword counter. All right, so Sean, what's a counter? I mean, tell me. You've played Magic for a long time. What's a counter? Well, it could mean two things, but I believe what you're asking me about is when putting a counter on something is a way to distinguish either uh, a plus one, plus one, for instance. Usually. Right. I would say, you know, most of the time that's what they end up doing with it. Right, but there are other counters that on artifacts and things in older sets that oh good point yeah that, that uh they would just put a counter on there well magic brought a new spin to the word counter it's now a keyword where they okay. can say menace counter flying counter trample counter lifelink counter oh my god you with me sean yes oh my god <laughs> So Listen to this might, spell. Something, so would like if something enrages, it might uh, be able to put a counter on something, for instance. There are ways to put these counters on things now that are just permanent. Oh, God. So you put a plus one, okay. plus one flying counter on something. Or just a flying counter. Right, right. Doesn't gotcha. even have to have plus one, plus one anymore. You could just... It, well, here, here's a spell. This is a removal spell that looks uh, pretty darn good to me. It's... It actually looks more than good. Uh, blood curdle, three colorless and a black instant common. Destroy target creature, put a menace counter on a creature you control. Mm. Isn't that amazing? It's splashable. It's instant speed, four mana to kill anything. Usually these, like, do you remember in um, Dominaria, it was a sorcery, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Usually in, in uh, you know, Eldrain, you it was double black. The fact that this is a... Uh, single black and you get a menace counter out of it i think this thing is gonna be key that sounds pretty good and you were saying removal might be king with all these mutated creatures I... sounds good i'll be slapping those down for sure all right so that's all the abilities i thought you know i don't know how many thoughts we want to have on what's good and what's bad because we have no context i thought what would be best if i just introduced you to some cards and some of the cycles of cards so we just start to get familiar with them i like it all right let's start with some color fixing let's see i think they're at the end here there's this really interesting uh cycle of mana rocks okay so there are three mana mana rocks and for anybody who doesn't know a mana rock is an artifact that taps for mana Okay. So there's a bunch of these, like one taps for blue, red, and white. Uh, you know, one taps for a, a green, blue, and red. So there's all these different ones that tap for three different colors, but they also all have cycling two on them. Wait a minute. So they, but they tap for three? Like when you tap them, you get no, three? No, they tap for one color. Okay. You choose. So there's one mana rock called the uh, Regarin Crystal. And it's a three mana artifact that can tap for either one blue mana, one red mana, or one white. But it also has cycling two on it. Oh, man. Yeah, this is like expert level set, it sounds like. All right, so we got a cycle of those. And I think that's important because I noticed on a lot of the really high-end mythic-looking cards and rare-looking cards, uh, a lot of them are three-color cards in this set. Like a lot of them. Are they are these mana are rocks at common? Uh, yes. Or wait, no, they're uncommons. And are what's their cost? Three mana. Each one of them is the same. Each one of them is the same. Each one of them has cycling two. Uh -huh. Looks like they're going to be really important. I think, you know, cycling two is just good. It's just good to have on, like, anything, you know? Yes. I like it. Okay. Wow, that sounds oh awesome. Oh, boy, Sean. All right. How about uh, Essence Scatter is back? Counter target creature spell. Yeah. For one colorless and one blue. Not yep. very exciting, but I think that's going to be very important to keep in mind because usually whenever that shows up in limited, it's a super strong card. Well, does when you play these mutated cards, do they count as instant sorceries or creatures? Oh 
man, I want to say it counts as a creature. Okay, so that card could be huge then. Yeah, I could see that being really huge. Okay. Okay, how about this? Here's a common called Fully Grown. It's two colorless and a green instant. Target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. Put a trample counter on it. So it gets trampled permanently. How much does it cost? Two colorless and a green. Hmm. So you, usually that seems like really overcosted, right? Yeah. I mean, giant growth is one green. Yeah. And it's plus three, plus three. But you get trample counter permanently? I don't know. So it's on an instant? Yeah. Hmm. Like normally I'd say that's bad, right? But we got to keep our minds open. Every set's different, right? Well, I'm, maybe that the only thing I'd be worried about that there is that. Um, d so oh, two things. One, does it say that the, you put the trample on that creature? It gets uh, plus three, plus three. And yes, yes. Okay. So yeah. you can't put it on something else. And um, second is, um, it sounds like you're going to get those effects from other things. So I'm not sure that that would be something I want to play. Like if I could just mutate it, right? Right. Here's a weird one. Mysterious Egg. It's a one mana uh, colorless artifact. It's a creature egg. It's a zero two, but whenever this creature mutates, put a plus one plus one counter on it. So it's a common. Hmm. Right? So you've, on turn one, you play this egg. This is zero two. This common that you can probably end up with all the time, right? It's a good, seems like a good turn one play if you do have a mutate strategy just to get rare and to go on turn one with something that has a mutate, if it mutates, you know, type of ability. Mm hmm. Hmm. Oh boy, Sean. So many things. Oh, that sounds interesting right there, though. It does sound interesting. All right, are you ready for a mutate creature? Yes. Pouncing Shore Shark. Four colorless, one blue. It's a shark beast. If you play it normally, it's a flash four three for five mana. When this creature mutates, you may return target creature and opponent controls to its owner's hand. Oh, that's pretty good. So it's like a man war. It can bounce stuff every time it mutates. Huh. So, but now it has a mutate ability on it as well. Okay. So if you want to mutate onto something that's already on the board for four mana, so like you were saying, you were wondering, are the mutates cheaper? This one is cheaper. Yeah. Uh, so it has a mutate of four. And yeah, that's that's it. I mean, it, mutate doesn't say anything other than that. It just says mutate than the cost because it is what it is, right? right you just right. either put this card on top or bottom. Right. Yeah, so either mutate it for four, or you play it a flash for five. And this is an uncommon. Pouncing Shore Shark. Hmm. Weird. Weird card, Sean. Yeah, I mean, I can see, I kind of see, when when that word was first used, uh, I know it's a mechanic now, but when it was just a word, when it was blues, that was what blue used to do back in the day. Mutate? Yes. All right, here's one. You've heard of this good old one. Pacifism is back. One colorless, one white. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature can't attack or block. Seems pretty good in a world with big mutated creatures. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the world of, like, Selesnia, you know, like these green-white enchantment suit-em-up decks, like, gone on steroids. Right. All right, how about this one? Here's a common. Two colorless and a blue. Whenever Thieving Otter deals damage to an opponent, draw a card. It's just a 2-2. Two -two. Seems pretty good. Yeah, if you could get evasive, sure. Yeah, so there's a, there's a reason to make something evasive, huh? Even a trample might do it if you make it big enough. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of interesting things here. So we're building these creatures. A, a lot of the spells, it seems like, have to do with this. It, it seems like it's encouraging you to build one creature up tall. Um, and I haven't told you much about the rares and mythics yet, but they're absolutely insane. And they actually were able to incorporate the Godzilla IP. There's li literally, like, Godzilla is in this set. And, like, Mothra is, like, in this set. Nuh-uh. I'm not kidding <laughs> I thought you might not believe me on this one. <laughs> so I don't know if we're going to see them on our versions of cards, but you know how all cards have like alternate art? Yeah, yeah. So 
there's all these versions I saw that literally say Godzilla and literally say Mothra. Um, yeah, it's it's wild looking, and these are just wow. these insane like two and three color creatures that have these insane stats and these you know insane abilities. So mutating out of them is obviously incredible. Well, that's cool. Mutated place, that's interesting. So yeah, that's where we are. You want to hear some more? Yeah, of course. I'm I'm now getting me a little bit excited. When does this when does this pop? Uh, well, I know there's spoilers all this week. I have a feeling that our arena will probably be able to play sealed the week after this one, but I'm not sure. I haven't looked it up. Okay. What do you want to hear about? Do you want to hear about? Give me a. Tell me a color, and I'll find you a well, card from that. So color. I mean, like my interest goes straight to green because. Okay. Because I think that that color should be good in this sort of environment. Well, we're limited players, right? So we know the commons are incredibly important on in what archetypes will be good, right? I hope. So I'm going to break down some commons for you, Sean, to help you decide if you think this is going to work out for you. All right, let me All hear right. about this. Here's a returning card. could be very important if it has the right abilities on it. Bristling Boar. Oh, my goodness. Bristling Boar can't be blocked by more than one creature. It's a 4-3 for 4. 4-3 for 4. Can't be blocked by more than one creature. Yeah, there's the build it tall and, you know, smack them down, give them trample. Nip it. But smack it down. I know. Okay, here's one. This is a zero zero creature. It's an elemental called Fertilid. And it's two colorless, one green. Fertilid enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it. Okay. For one and a green, no tap. Remove a plus one plus one counter from Fertilid. Target player searches their library for a basic land card, puts it onto the battlefield, tapped, then shuffles their library. Mm. Isn't that really good? I love cards like this. Uh, is it really it's expensive. Good? It costs a lot of mana. So for three for three mana, you get a 2-2. Two, two. And then for two mana, uh, you can take a counter off of it and go get a land, put it into play tapped. Yeah, I don't know. So for five mana, you get a land and a 1-1. One, one. Just get on board, Sean. Uh, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> That's definitely Foghorn right there. Get away. Right, from you ready for an uncommon green card? Yes. How about a glowstone recluse? What kind of creature type does that sound to you? Glow, glowstone recluse. Yes. That sounds like a. It sounds like a red card, actually. Well, it's not. It's a spider. Ooh, of course it's it is. Too, come on, you've been in the Midwest. You've seen those brown recluses over there by the Mississippi River, over by Hudson, Wisconsin, right? They're big. Yeah, they're they're big. By those things all the time. Yeah. Two colorless, one green. Creature, spider, uncommon, 2-3. It has reach, you know it does. This, Whenever this creature mutates, put two plus one plus one counters on it. Holy cow. That's nasty. That's, yeah, that sounds real nasty. Okay, but it can also mutate for four mana. So here's an example, Sean, where it's more expensive than the card. Okay. Okay. So it goes, goes both ways. But now, imagine you're playing a mutate that's cheaper than your card. It's like, oh, I hope they blow out the creature from under it because then if it comes into play it's like i got free mana well that's the part that's really interesting to me about it yeah oh boy there's so much stuff here all right there's a, one here that's in another language uh and uh well could you read it to us please sure i think i know what it does but oh boy oh boy <laughs> No, okay. don't do it. Don't do it. All right, so... I'm pretty sure it's one green, one colorless. Destroy an artifact or enchantment, cycling two. Oh, okay. Instant. Eh, yeah, that'll be that'll be sideboardable, sure. Cycling two, though. Yeah. Doesn't that make it mainboardable? It might. It might. That's probably like that 23rd card that you're going to have in your deck. All right, here's Migration but Path really for three green and a, or three colorless and a green sorcery. Search your library for two basic lands, put them out of the battlefield tapped, and shuffle your library, but it has cycling too. So for four mana, you get two lands out of your library, but you can also just cycle it. Yeah, so like, are there, is it common lands or any land? Uh, basic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I guess, I mean, like you said, there's these bombs that need three colors. That's I think that that's where you're right. obviously edging towards those cards. All right, I've I've read enough green cards. Green's boring. Give me another color, Sean. Uh, well, the other color that instantly came to my mind when you started telling me about these mechanics was black. So tell me about black. Okay, how about uh, let's start. We got to start with a common. Yeah. Again, we're limited players. These are the cards we play with. We play with commons. Cave Whisperer. 
four black, or wait, four colorless and a black. It's a creature, nightmare, four, four. So four, four for five mana. Mm-hmm. It's menace. And whenever this creature mutates, each opponent discards a card. Ooh. And it can mutate for four mana. So it can mutate for one mana cheaper than its actual creature cost. Mm. Seems pretty good to mutate onto something that's already in play, right? Because you're giving that thing menace and... Okay, so let's keep an eye out here, Sean. Seriously, like, this could be one of uh, Arjuna's clusters here, right? Right. We got to find a four-drop black card that we... Or no, a three-drop black card that then on turn four if we can mutate this onto because it's going to give it menace and it's going to say whenever this creature mutates, each opponent discards a card. Seems pretty good. Right, right. Okay. Alright. So here what, is what doesn't seem that good is that costing four mana. Right. To, it's like a four mana aura, right? That kind of stinks if you think about well, it. Well, here's what I think it's doing. So if you're playing an aggressive deck, these cards are top toppers, right? They're the thing you're finishing with. But if you're playing the long game, then maybe you're using them as the creature. You see what I'm saying? Well, here's a three-mana common black card. Okay. So maybe they want us to use it with this. It has zero abilities, and it's a 1-5. It's called Gloom Pangolin. So do we want to give a 1-5 Menace and then make our opponent discard a card? No. I don't think so. Nope. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Here's a black uncommon. This one looks very good to me. It's two black and a colorless, so another three-drop. It's a Nightmare 3-3, three, three, so good rate. Grim Dancer enters the battlefield with your choice of two different counters. Menace, Death Touch, Lifelink. Hmm. Give your thing Menace and Lifelink. Get in there. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. Menace and Death Touch. You end up killing both things that block it. For three mana? That's, that's pretty good. It's an uncommon. That's pretty good. Okay, let's see. What else can I find for black here? Look for another black card here. I think I saw a more expensive one up top. What do we got here? Okay. Here's a 3-3 for 4 mana. It's another Nightmare. Looks like there's a Nightmare theme in black this time. And it's Insatiable uh, Hemophage. And uh, it can mutate for 3 mana. So it's a 4 mana creature, but for 3 mana you can mutate it. Okay. It has Death Touch, and whenever this creature mutates, each opponent loses X life, and you gain X life, where X is the number of times this creature has mutated. Oh. This looks like a very complicated set, Sean. It looks fun. It looks deep. It looks deep to me. So, uh, yeah, like, this might get... This This set seems like it could get around some of the frustration of of it, you know, hitting its pinnacle and getting figured out. Well, maybe not. Right. All right, I'm going to throw a couple more cards at you. Then I think we should wrap up and save some more of these for our next one. Okay, sounds good. I want to throw a couple signposts at you because these things usually tell us what each color is doing, right? Yes. All right, let's start with uh, blue, red, and that's called Is It? And this is a 1-1 fairy dragon for a blue and a red, flying and haste. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on sprite dragon. Hmm. I guess you want to cast non-creature spells in, is it? Mm. And get at them in the air with evasive guys, maybe? So does that mean every time you mutate, that's considered a non-creature spell? I think that's a creature spell. You got to look that up. I you, don't You got to have the answer for me. Sean, you got to look that up. Wait, no, I told you I would do all the research and you'd do all the editing, yeah, right? Yeah, that's the yeah, deal. You got to find that out, though. That's super important because that's that mechanic is going to make or break on that, I think. Does everybody know that you make all the songs, Sean? I don't have any idea what they know, these people out there. <laughs> if I did, I would be... <sighs> All right, here we go. Orzov, General's Enforcer. One white, one black. It's a 2-3. It's a human soldier. Oh, by the way, the whole um, lore theme in this, or the, there are these huge beasts, and the humans all fight against them. Ooh. So you're going to... Oh, I forgot to tell you, you can only mutate onto a non-human. Oh. Sean. <laughs> Sorry for forgetting to tell you well, that. That's just, just a little piece of information there. <laughs> I think it, it makes me want to play the humans, honestly. <sighs> There's something about that mechanic that I'm like, I want to be the humans, and I want to, I want to be the wizard who counterspells the big dragon that has trample. That's the deck that Desi will figure out. He'll be like, you know, we'll be like two weeks in, and he'll be like, no, it's the human deck. Here it is. Let me show you. That's right. It's the human deck. All right. 
Legendary humans you control have indestructible. Hmm, that doesn't seem like a limited mechanic to me. But maybe the rest is good. For two colorless, a white, and a black, no tap, you can exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a creature card, create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token. Hmm. Huh. So you get a 2-3 for two mana with a pretty relevant mana sink. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I can see that. Doesn't seem like a bomb to me. Doesn't seem like, like, oh man, I first picked this. I'm so happy. No, but there. So that means there's a sacrifice potentially. Huh. Interesting. All right, now, now here is another. This is interesting. I think every color has two signpost cards. Every mana. Um, every mana com or every color combination. Because there's another Orzov card at Uncommon. We usually don't see that. Okay, what this is This one's it? called D Dire Tactics. It's an instant. One white, one black, exile target creature. If you don't control a human, lose life equal to that creature's toughness. Hmm. So black, white wants to be the humans. Okay. I'm team I'm team black, white. You can be team Gruel, and I'll be team Orzov. How about that? Okay. Okay. You got That's it. That's fine, Jeff. You got it, man. <laughs> All right, one more. Then I say we wrap it up here. Ready? Okay, I'm, I'm ready. This is a Golgari card, Sean. Okay. It's called Back for more it's four colorless one black one green instant return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield when you do it fights up to one target creature card you don't control Ooh. is it that good for six mana six. return a creature and fight am i underrating that is it your it's your graveyard right uh from your graveyard yes okay so then there's then there are some setup costs yeah, we're just going to have to see how easy it is to get. Here's what I want to know. What's the cycling card? What's the big mamma jamma cycling card that you want to be dropping to draw a card so that you can slam that thing down? I think that's a good setup, Sean. What if, you know, spoilers are coming out every day. What if we release this bad boy quick, get it out there into people's ears. This will update everybody as far as where the spoilers are at now. Then in just a couple of days, we come out another one where we talk about the big mamma jammas and I tell you about Godzilla and I tell you about Mothra. No. No. Okay. Let's not do that. I have other plans anyway. Okay, good. Um, that sounds perfect. Let's do that. Let's do it. Okay. Then let's sign this off thing. Oh, let's good. get out of here. Okay. Um, why don't you sign us off, Sean? Okay. It was really nice having everybody listen to us once again. We cannot thank you enough to take the time out of your day to listen to what we're talking about. When we do, we do hope that you're connecting on some level other than just magic, although magic is what brings you here. We hope that you stay safe in these times and that if you do need anything, that you reach out to those closest to you. But most importantly, we hope that you're here next week with us again. I'm excited. All right, thank you, everybody. And like the rare temple. Be good. Bye.
Stay in the middle.